Coming up on podcast 1889, Lucid's finances wobble, but the products look good. The MG4 gets an extended range and Tesla's new tents. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, Bob Reedlinger. Bob Reedlinger, thank you so much for signing up a few days ago now to become a producer of the podcast. I couldn't do this without the very kind patrons, the individuals, the organizations who earn a living that way. And yeah, there's a few ads on the free version of the podcast, but it's nothing compared to the Patreon. And I really appreciate everything and everybody uh, that you do that allows me to do this work, to summarize the news every single day. Hopefully you learn something, you're entertained by it, it's useful, personally, professionally, whatever. Thank you so much, Bob, uh, and everybody on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Daily if you'd like to be like him. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday 9th of August. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story in the last 24 hours, so you don't have to. Lucid Motors financial results for Q2 were below expectations. Revenue 151 million, not 176 million expected. A net loss of 764 million. A big increase from the 404 million a year ago at the same time. And the story there is just that they're making the vehicles, but not in big enough numbers. They're still losing money. Uh, the Gravity is the SUV that will be unveiled in November, but it won't be in production until at least the end of next year. So for now, they are surviving on the air. Lucid's liquidity was $6.25 billion. So they're not exactly in their overdraft yet, following a $3 billion capital raise in June from Saudi's public investment fund. They have sufficient funds to go all the way through until 2025, and you would think that by then, sales would have increased. Vehicle deliveries for, for Q2 were 1,404 Lucids, the airs, lower than the expected 1,800. They said that they are on target to hit 10,000 vehicles in the year. So again, you know, reminding me a lot of early days of Tesla. Great products at Lucid. Uh, they are just having trouble getting that traction. And Lucid, unlike Tesla back in the day when they had that CEO who was happy to go out there and say, well, our cars will drive themselves across America. I'm launching rockets in space and uh, all, you know, had that ability to capture the imaginations of many people, and you can call that fraud, you can call it lying, because he hasn't delivered on some of those things, but he did deliver on others. And, you know, he was able to capture imaginations of people and just get Tesla through to profitability, just get them through, and now they're gangbusters, right? Tesla in no problems at all. Uh, Whereas Peter Rawlinson at Lucid is not that character. That's not his makeup. That's not who he is. They've delivered a wonderful project, a great engineering company, providing the engineering for the likes of Formula E. They will continue to provide tech partnerships for the likes of Aston Martin so they can go electric. Maybe Lucid will evolve into a components company and a um, you know systems and a that kind of – not actually make their own vehicles. I hope they succeed because I really love the air, uh, the air pure – Sedan, the Air Touring, the Grand Touring all had price cuts up to $12,000 recently. I told you about that on the podcast with special leasing and financing deals as well. Uh, Despite the initial reaction to the licensing deal at Aston Martin, the shares have been in a bit of a free fall lately. They announced the hiring of Zhu Zhang, an ex-Ford and Neo executive, to expand into the Chinese market. Uh, Lucid CEO Peter Rawlinson acknowledging the need to expand the customer base. 10,000 DVs is not sufficient per year. They need a lot more numbers than that. 
The rear-wheel drive Pure and the Trimotor Sapphire go into production in September. So they have more products on the market to sell, but that SUV isn't coming till next year. doesn't need to. They need to just get better at making this car and making the current Lucids better as well. Moving on, Tesla is working on building a new permanent tent at their Fremont factory, costing $750,000. It's a filing that we've seen on the City of Fremont website. The project includes the installation of light switches and circuit breakers. It's effectively a building, but what with the weather in California being a little bit more reliable than, say, I don't know, Great Britain, uh, then a a permanent tent is a great solution. It was mocked at the time on social media when uh, the Model 3 was made inside a tent. But who's laughing now? It was a spectacular decision to get through that, if you want to wheel out the old Elon Musk cliche, production hell. But it was, and that was a great solution. Bring on the tents. Wonderful. Why? Is it there? Well, uh, last week's filings indicate retooling at the Fremont factory. Expansion's underway. Is this to make the new Model 3 Highland Edition at Fremont? Cybertruck needs to be made as well, but we're pretty sure that will all be made at Texas. So we'll wait and see. And what's going to be made in Shanghai as well? Watch this space, I suppose. Now a car that I'm really, really excited about because the new MG4 extended range has now been confirmed. I can bring you the news that the 300-mile barrier has been smashed. I can tell you it's 323 miles WLTP range. Now, it is a slightly bigger battery than some other cars that will do that. So it's a little bit less efficient. It's less than 4 miles per kilowatt hour overall efficiency. So, you know, this isn't a Nero or a Kona uh, you know, or an Ionic level, you know, original Ionic wind knife levels of efficiency, but it's still pretty good from MG. It's a 77 kilowatt hour pack, 74 usable, small buffer in that. And that is, there was the standard range, long range, and now extended range, 20% more range than previously, 40 minutes to get to 80% on a fast enough charger. It'll charge over 100 kilowatts, but I haven't got the exact peak speed here. And it's available only in the top spec trophy trim, but that's pretty cool. You know, it's got the, uh, the dual paint. It's got the 18-inch alloys, which do look good on the MG. Uh, heated leather seats, 360 camera, uh, 0 to 60 miles an hour in 6.5 seconds, and that is a second quicker than the previous long range. So new motor in that as well. Still rear-wheel still rear drive, as it should be, uh, but now 241 brake horsepower in that. So obviously, it's heavier because it's physically a bigger battery, uh, but they've added more power to that. It's not as powerful as the X-Power. I told you about that recently. The, so there's now five MG4s on sale. We added two recently. The X-Power, uh, which is the crazy fast all-wheel drive bonkers one using the long-range battery. Or there's this, the new extended range. Both of those new ones are both 36495. So what do you what, what spend your £36,000 on? Is it going to be a very long-range MG4 or a very rapid, spicy X-Power MG4? Well, I mean, I've I've got a long-range EV in the driveway in the Hyundai Kona, so I'll have the X-Power, please. Fans of MG are also eagerly awaiting the MG Cyberster, beating the Tesla Roadster to market by quite some time. Uh, I see on their website as well, 0% finance, which Tesla are doing at the minute to shift the old Model 3s, but MG always used to do 0%. Um, and in fact, uh, my mum got her mg5 the estate a couple of years ago when they were doing 0% finance and she's you know they were going to buy it with cash they're older and retired and and uh, we're going from two cars to one and i said no well, no look it's mg's money take the money put it aside 
get 0%. And so they, they did. And uh, that 0% finance is available not for the new, two new models, though. But again, MG doing those finance offers to get cars out the door. Moving on, Volkswagen is surpassing Tesla in the German EV sales race in the first seven months of the year. VW once again overtook Tesla. We're selling 41,500 full EVs compared to 40,290 for Tesla. So it's a whisker ahead, but VW will take the win. Uh, Tesla had led the German market for the first six months of the year, but if you look at the first seven months of the year, it's now Volkswagen. German manufacturers dominate in Germany. You won't be surprised to hear uh, with Mercedes up there, Audi, BMW, and then the South Koreans in Hyundai and Kia just behind. Even with the EV boost, overall car sales are still below COVID-19 or pre-pandemic levels in Germany. So yet to see a recovery there. But fantastic that EV registrations are helping to grow the car market there in Germany. Germany, and we'll wait and see where the battle goes next between Volkswagen and Tesla. Here in Europe, of course, Volkswagen Group, not the brand, but the group with you know, Audi and everything inside, uh, is easily the number one automobile company here in Europe. Okay, moving on. General Motors has disclosed their plans for all of their EVs on the Ultium technology to have vehicle-to-home, bi-directional charging. The thing is, it's by 2026, and GM keep doing that to me. They keep making really cool announcements and then going, oh, yeah, but it's three years away. Ah, it's so annoying. It's groundbreaking technology, and you know because it's not like we have to wait for it. Ford with the F-150 Lightning, are doing that with their Pro Power already. It's not cheap to put in your house, but they're doing it already. And plenty of cars are doing vehicle to load, being able to pull, you know, two and a half, three kilowatts on a normal plug socket. But GM, so-called the Ultium technology, is going to be able to do that to enable vehicles to transfer energy from the batteries to the homes, to be backup generators, to store excess solar in the daytime and deliver it back to the house or the grid at night or when the grid is you know, needing an injection of, of electricity. Uh, the technology should it should be in the Silverado, which is going to come sometime next year. But when we see everything else, like the GMC Sierra EV, Denali Edition, the Blaze, the Equinox, the Lyric, the Cadillac Escalade, all of those, by the time they're on the market, 2026, they say all of those vehicles will have it. But just look, GM, just bring the first one. That's my, it's not an issue because I think it's so cool they're doing it. But that's the, like, GM is so good at making announcements. But once I've got that little bee in my bonnet that they're not actually delivering yet, if you take out the Bolt and the Bolt EUV sales from GM's figures so far in the first half of the year, they sold no EVs. They sold a handful of EVs. They're a niche EV maker without those vehicles. And the Bolt is going in its current guys. The Bolt is staying with Altium, but that's a different story. So it's really frustrating because GM are doing all the right things. They're investing billions and billions of dollars with their partners like LG building gigafactories. We know it's coming down the line. I know I'm being unreasonable. We know that GM are going to be in such a good position, but they make these amazing announcements. And I just think, I just want it now. Um, uh, but again, you know, it's not like Tesla are doing it. So it's not like they're losing out to the market leader with vehicle to grid or vehicle to home or vehicle to X, but still I could just do with just come on, just bring the Silverado as soon as possible, get V2G, V2H working. We'll all rave about it and then just keep, you know, just keep delivering. Okay. On the way in a second we'll talk about used EV sales and a new medium duty EV truck that looks really interesting. Stick around. Those stories and more. Well they're all on the way. 
All right, welcome back to the podcast. Get your shows ad-free by copying the link in the RSS feed of the dashboard on Patreon into your favorite player. I use Overcast on my iPhone for my all my podcasts, but, you know, any way you listen to your pods, uh, the RSS feed just be copy and pasting. If you want to join my Patreon, by the way, and support the show, How I Own a Living, and uh, you can do that. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash EV News Daily. Right, back to the news then. And BMW is introducing the i5 sedan for China. And it's customised, to uh, tailored for the Chinese market is the word I'm looking for. Longer wheelbase, more rear space and design elements for the Chinese market. Uh, to appeal to a younger generation in China who want a little bit more individuality with their cars. They've got new gold accents on the BMW, on the kidney grill, the rims and around the windows as well, whereas uh, us stiff Europeans, it's all in, in aluminium or black or something. Uh, the Chinese want their bling. And so they're doing that with the BMW i5. Charging technology, obviously different because China's charging standard, the GBT uh, socket, requires different connections. For AC and DC charging, so the Chinese i5 has two different charge flaps. The AC port is between the driver's door and the front wheel. DC is over the right rear wheel uh, in the place of a traditional fuel cap. And so, yeah, long wheelbase, being driven around, all of that just ticks to the Chinese EV boxes, doesn't it? Let's talk used EV sales because I am absolutely so interested in the used market we get excited about new cars coming. We talk a lot about new cars, but honestly, all the juice is in the used market. Like, I know there's a lot of people buying new cars, and that's great, but what about second-hand, third-hand, fourth-hand EVs? That's where the action is, and I'm really happy to say the UK's used EV markets uh, had a really, really good time. Um, although the the car market ex- itself is still struggling, used battery electric vehicles skyrocketed by 81.8%. Wow, that's amazing. In the second quarter of this year, that's the time frame we are looking at. 81% increase on the same period one year ago. And it's it's up in the, again, on the previous year, on the total of the used car markets. Plug-in hybrids also grew, and hybrids also grew. Plug-in hybrids were up 11%. But it's pure EVs are hitting the market. Now, I've seen that reported by the mainstream press, the newspapers. You know, you've got to imagine that no one buys a newspaper anymore. So the newspapers, I don't blame them. I know lots of people hate the newspapers, and they're not journalists at these places anymore. They just rewrite press releases or copy things off Twitter. So, But... You know, because newspapers used to play a role in so many people's lives, it's an older generation that still buy them. And those kind of papers are, built, are often bought by people that want to have their their biases reinforced. They feel good about themselves for spending their, you know, their pound a day on the newspaper. They read what they want to read. And that's not everybody. Of course, that's only some newspaper readers. But that's why a lot of the, the national newspapers here, uh, which are really insignificant now, they don't sell any copies anymore. And they just don't dictate our national culture the way they the, the national papers used to. Uh, there's so many of them that would go really hard on EVs because it must sell newspapers and they just want to pay the bills. I don't blame them. It's wrong, but I don't blame them. And so they spread disinformation about this. And that's why when they talk you know, about used EVs, the stories I've seen recently is, ah, oh, the prices of used EVs are crashing. The market is crashing. What that means is that all these new EVs that have been on two, three, four year finance deals 
two, three, four years ago and now coming on the used market. And they're no longer costing more than the new versions of those cars. I know Tesla owners that bought a new car, put 20,000 miles on it and sold it for more than they paid for it. And that's going now. Now, yes, it sucks if you sell cars. Like a really good friend of mine is um, it's someone that sells. I have lots of friends in the car industry, but uh, yeah, good friends that sell used EVs. And it's tough. It's tough to see that market change, not just a little bit, but but rapidly and almost overnight. And yeah, the used EV market has crashed. A few months ago, I thought, oh, we must sell the MG ZS. And what with life and losing dad and all the things that happened over the last couple of months. Uh, look, it's just sat in the driveway. We haven't really used the, and, and, and we must sell it before the end of this summer because we need the money out of it. Um, and, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was looking at getting 20 something for it. And now we're definitely going to get less than 20 grand for it. The market's completely changed. Yeah, it's gutting. I'm selling an EV. Great if you're buying my MG ZS on a, on a 69 plate that's been well looked after. Uh, it's like, well, I'm, I'm getting a, a great deal here. So that's, that's the other side of the negative headlines. If you see those, oh, the, the EV market is crashing, there's just more supply, supply and demand. And so that's great news here from here in the UK. So let's move on and talk a little bit about, oh, this is very, very cool. This new medium-duty truck, Motive, is a 14-year veteran in the EV field and a new medium-duty electric truck named the Argo, all designed from the ground up. It'll be so important for these kind of vehicles to go electric, these medium-duty EVs to go electric. Very modern cab design. Nice glass house in that. Great for the drivers. Great for the people doing important jobs that we all rely on to have a comfortable, safe place for them to do their jobs each day. Composites rather than sheet metal, lightweight, but also safe. Heating and cooling is improved to reduce fatigue, enhanced visibility. Great for cyclists and fellow road users that can be seen. Uh, The new powertrain uh, features all new motors and 800 volt system. Uh, there's new LFP battery packs going into this, lithium iron phosphates, and uh, just a bunch of new technology, they say, which will make the vehicle far more efficient than the previous ones they have been making. And uh, that goes on sale, I think it's uh, middle of 2024, I read on that one. It looks very cool. Medium-duty electric trucks for commercial purposes are um, you know, it, it not ubiquitous at the moment, and they are being adopted, but a little bit slowly. So uh, these kind of vehicles are so important to get out there. Moving on, Hyundai and Kia are eager to expand their presence in India's EV markets. The group also aims to increase their market share from, they say, around 6% to around 10% by focusing on SUVs and electric vehicles, re- introducing their first five Hyundais and EVs to the Indian market. And they've been the executive chair of the Hyundai Motor Group has been on a visit to India to meet with officials and talk about how they would like to make the vehicles in India to keep the price down. I'm sure, obviously, production costs are uh, on every auto executive's minds and wouldn't be surprised to see more factories in those places where labour costs do make things a little more appealing. Moving on. How do you fancy dynamic pricing at EV chargers? I don't mind, honestly. I don't mind having a look at the pricing and knowing that if I charge at afternoon peak time, it's going to be more. And if I turn up a little bit later, a little bit earlier, it's going to be less. But Eon, the company, the energy company Eon, has a new project for dynamic pricing in Copenhagen. So my Danish listeners will be able to have dynamic pricing at half price during certain 
hours, depending on factors like time of the day, grid capacity, and the renewables that are being generated. So there's no guarantee on what the pricing will be each day. But if you charge off-peak, it's going to be around half the price on a DC fast charger. Ian, one of three companies to win a tender to install public charging infrastructure in Copenhagen uh, with 165 charging stations going in alongside others that won the bid, the likes of Clever and OK. And Eon operates 36,000 public charge points and 3,000 rapid chargers available via their app. Their target is 5,000 ultra rapids by 2026 with brand new charging hubs using the Alpitronic DC fast chargers, which are rather tasty. I love that stuff. Now let's look at the UK Infrastructure Bank, something that was set up by our government in the wake of Brexit. And they're investing £24 million in Cornish Lithium, which brings the total investment in that business up to £53 million and hopefully up to £168 million in the second stage of financing to fund the commercialisation of lithium and metals and minerals being processed here in the UK to increase our domestic supply of key materials and minerals for the energy transition. The UK government is being urged to establish plans to grow the gigafactory stock, whether it's uh, battery production, cell production, whether it's uh, refining and all the constituent parts that go into it. They don't, we don't really have uh, much of an industry here. We've got some. There was the recent collapse of British Vault as well, and uh, things haven't gone too well with building at least battery gigafactories here. Let's go down under, and Brisbane's classic City Cat ferries will be all electric in time for the Olympic Games. Uh, Queensland's boat builder Norman R. Wright & Sons partnering with New Zealand's EV Maritime for the project to develop a new generation of all-electric Brisbane River ferries, which is brilliant. Another great uh, story from the world of electric vehicles spreading far and wide. They're currently constructing electric ferries capable of carrying about 200 passengers. Two of the ferries will begin operation in Auckland Harbour on New Zealand's North Island in 2024, part of a 34 million Aussie dollar contract uh, backed by the government aimed at rolling out electric fast ferries. I've got little detail here on the actual specs for fellow nerds about what's inside these things, you know, battery size and power and all that kind of stuff, but I love it. And a vehicle we're not short of information on, is the McMurtry Spearling. Talked about it Talked about it recently on the podcast with that Car Wow video and the all-electric single-seater fan car, not to 61.5 seconds, and depending on how it's geared, can do almost 200 miles an hour, had the uh, Goodwood gearbox ratios in for the Car Wow video, so it topped out at about 150, I think it was, which is probably why the Rimac Nevera uh, bested it. But either way, 1,000 horsepower electric powertrain sucking itself to the road and breaking the Goodwood Festival of Speed hill climb record. Now, uh, there's a track-only version, the Spearling Pure, already announced, and they're talking about a possibility of a road-legal variance. There's some regularity challenges, uh, sorry, regulatory challenges, they say, associated with the fan system. Yeah, that's an understatement, isn't it? Like, when does it work? When does it not work? How do you turn the fan off? Uh, but if they can find a way past that to have a road-legal fan car that sucks itself to the ground, you know, power-to-rate ratio 
uh, about 1,000 horsepower per tonne, and a 60 kilowatt hour battery pack. And, you know, you haven't even got to make it as hot as the track version, but either way, it's just going to be this ridiculous thing that's like faster than a Formula One car uh, that we could buy and drive on the road. Uh, the track version, which uh, is on, will be on sale, will be uh, just less than a million UK pounds sterling, they say, about uh, 18 months away. And uh, no timeline, though, on the road going bonkers version. And that's your podcast for today. Thanks for listening. Sorry it was a long one again today. I'm so I'm trying so hard to make these podcasts shorter, but then I leave out stuff that I think is all interesting and cool to talk about. But that's why there's Briefly. So if you're really stuck for time, and I respect your time, I know that 24 minutes is a long time to listen to the show. Um, not everyone's got a long dog walk or a long commute. There's always Briefly. It's four minutes. The essential information is in that. If you haven't got time to catch up, you go away on holiday and you ain't got time to catch up on like five or seven, you know, a week's worth of big pods. That's why Briefly is there. So hopefully you, I, I, it does about two-thirds of the listenership. People sometimes ask me, oh, I don't listen to the Briefly in the feed. Can you get rid of it? It's not used to me. I say, well, it's about two-thirds of the listenership of the, the main podcast. So it's enough that I know some people are finding it useful. But sorry if it irritates you and it's clogging things up. Uh, that's your podcast for today. Premium partners are Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments. All the tools and guidance EV drivers need, lease plan, have your back. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.